Hi, this is Dr. Derek Pitts at the Franklin Institute Science Museum, Chief Astronomer, also known as Universal Tribble. You're listening to Black Tribbles. Yeah. Previously on the Black Tribbles. Back where it all began. Her new novel, Tokyo Firewall, follows lawyer Allison Crane as she attempts to thwart a mysterious cyberstalker who's hell-bent on destroying her life. Put your hands together for... Her Majesty, right? Elizabeth Wilkerson Hurrah! on Black Tribbles. It's a book I wrote from my experience of Japan, which wouldn't be somebody else's as an African-American woman in Japan at a time. Like, even now, there are only about 25,000 black folk living in Tokyo or living in Japan. Um, but when I was living there, if I saw somebody who's black, I would cross the street to say, hi, I'm from Cleveland, where are you from? <laughs> Just because of rare thing, which is also how I met Michael Jackson, but that's a whole <gasps> different... Wait a wow. minute! Wait a, wait a minute! Wait and you were just going to skip over that? Wait a minute! Wait, wait, time to freak out! You see how she was about to just keep talking, Tweet, though? Flag on the field, 10-yard penalty, repeat that sentence! <laughs> And first down while you're at it, because you're not just gonna gl- you're not just gonna moonwalk over that like we not. Well, it does say on the back of the book that this is a captivating, sexy thriller, and now we know why. Yeah, so, clearly. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Um, th- th- uh, please do tell. How did you meet? Uh, this is this is the silliest. Anyway, back in the day, all of the <laughs> back in the day, people would open their tours in Japan because the yen was so strong. Very true. And yeah. you'd open, you'd get your yen, and then you'd get your show together and take it on the ro- the road the rest rest of the world. So once a year, I have a day. I have to have McDonald's cheeseburger, fries, and coffee. Wait, once a year? Once a year. <laughs> I, 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 I'm anything of I'm, I'm anything but a McDonald's person. But once a year, I was walking home and I walked past the McDonald's. I made a U-turn to come back. <laughs> I said, "Today is the day." <laughs> and standing in line were a bunch of black folks. So I said, "Hi, who are you?" <laughs> I'm Liz from Cleveland, and they all said we're with the backup with a bad tour with Michael Jackson. Do you want a VIP pass? And I said, okay. Right? <laughs> like, um, hi, yes. Like, what do you mean? Like, oh. Liz is the secret word. Well, he said if we meet Liz. Right. What? So I had my VIP pass, and <laughs> there I was. The uh, one woman who was singing the song with him was, oh. Oh, Saeed Cheryl, Cheryl, Cheryl Crow. Oh, okay. Was oh. there before she was Cheryl Crow. Oh. Okay, that's and right, that's I right. I was all excited to see the show in my VIP seat, which is up close and personal, until Konishki, the 600-pound sumo wrestler, sat right in front of me. Uh, <laughs> oh. So my VIP, set, right, my VIP seat suddenly becomes pretty useless. <laughs> so I got off of the dais, and I stood at the front of the, near the stage. And in Japan... Michael Jackson would jump off the stage and run through the audience mm-hmm. and not fear for his life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Did they do that at the Philly show? No, no, at all. no. So he's running through the audience and he runs past me because I'm up at the front of the stage and he sees the only black person there. Turns <laughs> around, comes back and says, hello. And I was like, oh, take my panties. <laughs> Exactly, but no, you I said it in J- Japanese. Yes, I, I did. Yeah, right. I lost it. It is your black triples. Seven is a number, both prime and divine. 
Seven yeah. is a number, both prime and divine. Seven is a do. number, both prime All and divine. Seven is a number, Check both prime and divine. United like the Justice League, we unlimited. Five transformed into seven, magnificent amalgamation. Super Saiyan, we ain't playing. 106.5 is the radio station. Triple Nation is the name of the tribe. 610-267-215 All around the globe in every area code Online, on air, whatever the mode Days and nights, live or recorded Listeners rewarded with the rawness Keeping it flawless like a Batman plan Jedi flips or a Spider-Man handstand Peace to every geek we stand for From Kronos to the bottle city of Candor We about to catch wreck Turn up your set, black triples on deck. Y'all know what time it is. Black triples in your area. Let's go. from the beautiful studios of WPPM 106.5 FM Philly Cam People Powered Media here in the city of brotherly love and sisterly affection ladies and gentlemen boys and girls cats and kittens children of all ages put your hands together for another live edition of Black Tribble Ha Yeah My name is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble. And as always, I'm joined in this lovely studio by... Yo, what up? It's your girl, Kennedy. Also known as that Mikey Chick. Also known as the Storm Tribble. How you feeling? What's the deal? Here. I'm in the building. I'm alive. Another year older. Another year bolder. It's the man, the myth, the legend, Master Tribble, Emac. How you feeling? Yo... What's the deal? It's your man, R. Son, the voice of reason, a.k.a. the Super Tribble. The Rand of Steel, the comic book Jedi, back in the joint. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, what's up, y'all? It's your mama's favorite nephew, Cousin Muscles, in the building. Super Saiyan Tribble. How are we? Let's get it popping. We are streaming live and direct on Facebook Live. Ladies and gentlemen, we are also coming to you on YouTube, youtube.com slash black tribbles, streaming on phillycam.org slash listen, and also on your radio dial 106.5 FM. We got a fun show for you this evening as usual. We are going to be having a nice little conversation about a new show that hit Amazon Prime recently. We're going to get in and take a trip along Carnival Row. And as we do that, we're going to take a look at the state of affairs of black faces in these sci-fi and fantasy spaces that we find on TV and in films. And we're going to have a whole lot of fun. We've, we're going to have um, Ariel is not here this evening. She's feeling a little bit under the weather and yet we are still going to be making a trip to Ariel's Reading Garden. We're going to have this week in Geek History, and we're going to be debuting not one, but two new 
features. All of that coming at the top of the hour as usual. But first, as always, we like to follow up with each and every one of you that gives us all of your feedback and some of the things that's going on in the news. Uh, but before I do that, let me highlight at Trouble. How you doing, Troubles? What up? Holla, 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 holla. What up? How are you is, man? No, I'm What's doing up? very well. I'm doing very well. Thank you very kindly. I appreciate you asking. Yo, I heard Takashi 69 said that you was a crip. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. No, no. Uh, no I oh, wait, something else just came in. He just said that everybody in here used to sell weed on at 52nd and Market. Is that true? Not at 52nd and Market. Not at 52nd no. and Market. No, no. He's got faulty information. That's all right, it. hold up. There's another one. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> Is this that's putting out all this fraudulent yeah. information? This cornball rap dude, rap dude uh, yeah, named Takashi Six Nine. Uh, named what? Takashi Six Nine. God bless you. He's got lots of tattoos on his face. Yeah. You've never seen a picture. Rainbow colored hair. It's unreal. Hold yeah. on. Yeah, he's the wackest dude on earth. Yeah, yeah. And for some reason, this dude was really popular, and then he got arrested <laughs> for doing all kinds of shitey things. Oh man. And now, which he, he apparently, a, you know. More or less confessed in his rap songs. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> oh, he I have like, seen this dude. Yeah. yeah. So why is his rap name a, a AOL chat room handle from 1997? Oh no! Don't ask me. But yeah. So he he was like, well, okay. I tell y'all what, y'all give me a deal, I'm gonna tell on everybody. <laughs> so he like he he put he just I just read an updated joint where he put Cardi B out as a gang as a gang member, like all kinds of stuff, like everybody. Yeah. I think it's the funniest thing in the world. Well, I think that's hysterical. <laughs> Your boy was like, "Oh, word! Look at, check it out. I look like some sort of hood, My Little Pony man." <gasps> so what I'm gonna do? Yeah, is... like does he look like the guy that's not going to be talking? Yeah, right. You know exactly. what I mean, like, does he look like the guy that's going to have your back? Yeah. <laughs> does he look dependable to you? <laughs> like, if there's one guy <laughs> to keep my stuff in the vault, yeah, dude, not it's at this all. dude. Yo, the best part is if you see like any of the pictures of him in court, like he's in a suit with the, with stuff, the stupid tattoos hair. on his face, and I'm like, bro, you know what? Yeah, yeah. I, as a as a expat to Equestria, I resent the fact that you would call him a pony. No, what I said was he, he has he little like, rainbow dashes in these uh, images. Wherever he, wherever he, the ghetto of Equestria is at, like. That dude is from underneath there. <laughs> He's one of the hobos that lives underneath there, and he just like the rainbow drippings get got on him in his mm-hmm. hair. That's it. That's, that's about call as close him as Rainbow it Nah. Yeah, that ball. Yeah, <laughs> some like Donkey Town. It's yeah. <laughs> gotcha. wrong side of the tracks. Burkin Burrowville. Burrowville. Burrow. Burrow. Burrowville. Yeah, yeah, it's the funniest thing in the world. Guys, I cut myself with my axe yesterday. What? Oh, no. How? <laughs> so How? You know, she once was they get a taste of the blood, they never yeah. lose it. But like, I feel like she's just so skilled; it would never. I happen. am so skilled. So there was a new board in my arena, and as like courtesy for folks who don't know what they're doing, some coaches like to break in the boards, so it makes it a little easier for the axe to stick. And doing that, obviously, you're not throwing at it, but you're you're hacking at it, just literally to break the wood up. And there was a certain like. It wasn't a knot in the wood, but it was definitely like a tougher mm-hmm. part of the green. And I was like, oh, this is going to be problematic for somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. So I'm hacking at it, and it's just considerably harder than the rest of the board. And I'm thinking about, do I need to swap this out? I don't know. if it's, Do I got time? You know. And as I, I hit my axe in the thing, and it's stuck. 
it stuck faster than or stuck deeper than I thought it would because of mm. how thick the wood was. So I go to pull it out and in me misjudging how deep it was in, pulled, I guess, harder than I needed to and lost control of it for a hot second. So when you're dealing with axes, you're trained not to catch them. You're trained to just get out the way. Yeah. <laughs> Let gravity so, do its job. Yeah. Yep. So I pulled it. And I realized I didn't have control over it. And in me pulling my hand out the way, I, I nicked the bottom of my cuticle there. You can't really Ooh, see it. What's, what's crazy is it, it bled really badly. Yep. Like, it's definitely a flesh wound. Like, it's nothing crazy. But it got part but of the... your finger was like, ah! Axe! Axe! It's always crazy with axe wounds because it looks like a flesh wound. Like, there's no part of the encounter that you're just like, oh. There's no dangling tips. There's never like it's not like a, a a butter knife where oh wow this is sharper than I thought it was or you know a paper clip where it's like ow the stings but is it even that deep you know right, like it's right. somewhere in between and I was like huh and it didn't bleed at first I was like okay this is just a oh no this is going and it's like there's no way to casually like just be like <laughs> ch- chilling with it right no it's it's so the the effed up part is that my, my nail bed is actually a little cut too I don't know if, if if people who are watching us on Facebook Live or on YouTube can really appreciate exactly what happened so Eric I know you usually you usually carry go over there and cut uh, um, recut Kennedy's <laughs> finger um, I'm going to ask you to belay that order <laughs> um, don't think I won't I don't know my mutiny codes <laughs> Yeah, so it's pretty, uh, I'm just like annoyed because I had a Band-Aid on my hand and it mm. looks it looks bad when you're dealing with sharp objects and you have a Band-Aid, Band-Aid on. on. Right. People automatically assume like, I don't want to hurt oh, you. I got the rookie. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm in the first chair at the barbershop today. <laughs> right. Right. Either that or like I broke a nail or something and I'm trying to play it off. First chair. I cut myself shaving. But it really. <laughs> I ain't say shaving who. <laughs> So it looks it looks like today is just the first time that it's like I can be without like you can see it's really not it's not deep like it's not deep at all for it to be it was just like no blood I was like oh shit so your finger was just overreacting yeah it was it was like is this ah, ah! I was like God chill <laughs> chill it's not that deep Crazy. look it's literally <laughs> it's not that deep not that deep. Now, were you able to like make it to the sink, or were there like a trail blood behind you? It wasn't. It wasn't that deep. I ran to the first aid kit. I got me an antibacterial moist towelette. Gave tried a to wipes. stop the bleeding. It wouldn't stop bleeding. So applied like, pressure. Applied pressure. Right. Remember, yep. Remember your training. Yep. I applied the pressure. It's like I'm gonna just squeeze this for a little bit, clean it out. You know what I mean? Wouldn't stop bleeding, so I put a tight little bandaid on it. And uh, at the end of my shift, I changed the bandaid, so I took it off today and was like, okay, we're good. That reminds me, years ago, it, it, and people in Philadelphia, or even in, you know, all over the country, will remember years ago when they used to give out, um, you know, government cheese. It was like this big, huge, like brick of cheese yeah. that you ha- you literally had to take an axe to to get a, 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 a piece that was thin enough for like a sandwich or or a burger or something. So I was cutting it and. I accidentally cut my finger, but I didn't even, you know how you cut yourself, you don't even notice it. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, I'm steady cutting it. And I'm like, I don't know, so it must be like some kind of like 
cherry sauce on this on this cheese. Bread cheese. <laughs> this is Gouda. This is like, Mom, what's our cheese? This? this new cheese? What's, what's this red cheese? Good, I, I like it. <laughs> I, did, I, I swear, I cut the piece of cheese out, saw the blood on there, thought it was just something on the cheese, and said, oh, I've Probably make my burger taste real good. Put it on my burger. That burger oh, was I, delicious, I, wasn't it? He was oh, like, it's so rare. This, I like this. This tastes That's like it. soil and oh, green. Juicy. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> juicy burger. Just melts in your mouth. <laughs> I did, dude, I didn't even notice my finger cut until I lift the burger up to take it to my hand. I'm like, oh, I must have got some of that stuff on my finger. <laughs> like, oh, it's ketchup. It's it. Oh, it's ketchup. And Len turned into Wendigo and became a cannibal <laughs> roaming the Canadian plains eating travelers. Right. Eating travelers. Um, we, we got a comment on one of our shows, a question from a listener, y- Yvette Blackman, sent us a question asking, asking, where were Black Tribbles merchandise? Where can they get Black Tribbles merchandise? Um, which is a good question, Yvette. Um, we do yeah, have. I could check the trunk of the car. I think I might have one or two. <laughs> we do I, have some Pia Negro, uh, hashtag Pia Negroes, and hashtag Misogino shirts. Um, still available. I believe most of them we sell out of a Malcolm Comics and Coffee House. And um, I have to reestablish the link on the website so that people can and go in and purchase purchase the shirts as well so we can you know send them out in the mail to you um but that does bring up a good point we're long overdue to maybe update um you know our little merch stash because we're gonna have you know uh just put it out there we've got a couple of things planned for especially the coming year where we're going to be out and about in in the public so we definitely want to maybe have some merch on hand so I put it to you, my tribbles. What merch should we present? What do we do? I mean, you could always do like T-shirts. And, it, and the Pie Negroes T-shirts were big hits. So it's not a bad idea to do them again. Maybe do them in a, uh, another color um, or, or something. Maybe another hashtag. Hashtag Misogino is always a hit. But Draws. Draws? Draws. Is, is, Draws. Uh, are you saying Black Tribbles draws, Pioneers draws, or just... Black Tribbles draws? I would rock a pair of Black Tribbles draws with like the little, with the logo all over them. I would rock the heck out of that. Oh, some like some like, like some boxers, boxers or some yeah. boxers with the logo. Yes. I would rock the heck out of that. Yeah, I said it. Okay, all right. That's a thought. That's a thought. Any other ideas? I'm not opposed to draws, <laughs> but I just want something. A little more visible. Yes. Like that's the thing about. <laughs> like I'm glad you love us enough you. to Yo. let us, you know, cradle you and keep you warm and safe all day long. Yo, but you see but, how the young boys be wearing their pants. I'm not encouraging that. Me either. And but I don't want to eat up for that. You know what I mean? So hold, hold on. All right. So belts, belts. That'd that be nice. Fixing the problem of the pants. <laughs> okay, I'm I, I can get down. There you on go, Triple. Way to be part of the solution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm we saying some leather I'm, workers. Hold I'm on, saying we going, we going broad. So we have to do draws if we gonna do belts. Not necessarily. Yeah, you do. You got to coordinate. <laughs> if right. you do belts, you These, do shoes. We have a couple of suggestions from uh, Facebook. Tim Carter. He says we can do bathrobes. We could possibly do blankets or snuggies. 
Ooh, Snuggies is kind of cool because because it's like triples. Fleece. It's mm-hmm. kind of fleecy. I like that. I do like the belts idea, but that got me thinking about a Black Tribbles belt buckle. Belt buckle. Ooh. Yeah, the buckle would probably be the better. That would pop. Yeah. The better. Um, the better uh, move there. Buttons. Buttons and pins. Yeah. People are always asking me if we have buttons. Yeah, buttons are cool. Buttons are cool, and buttons are certainly easy to do. Yeah. Um, just putting it out there for for the Triple Nation, we we haven't forgotten. Uh, you know, we are working on this. Dante, in fact, is um, working on the design for a Black Tribbles um, keychain that will actually he'll be actually printing with his 3D printer. So, oh, um, okay, so, fancy. Yeah. So, so we've got that coming along the way. I'm just gonna start calling Dante Scuttle Triple because he's got gadgets and gizmos aplenty. Who's it's and what? No, no, Little Mermaid. Whatever. I was there. I was waiting for you. You always sound like you're about to sing, so we don't want to step on the song. Nope. And then you stop. Yup. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right, so we got belt buckles, drawers, and and buttons, um, and, and blankets. We should, definitely, we should have done patches by now. Patches, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say patches. Is that more difficult? I think that's more difficult than buttons. I don't know why. That it is more difficult than, than the embroidery. Probably costs a lot more. Yeah, but you can get the uh, you can get iron on patches. Yeah, no, but, but I mean the the actual manufacturing of the patch itself. And there are places you can go to to get like your logo made into a fabric. Like if you wanted to have things made into like draws, you can get your logo made into like a fabric pattern, like a repeating pattern, like he's talking about. So like that's obtainable. Man, don't let me break out with a custom made suit with black triples lining. That joint, bro. <laughs> all right, but you already know Steve Harvey got the lock on that, and he do radio. Like, first of all, I mean, it might invite static. I ain't saying it's a problem. I'm just saying, <laughs> if it come, don't be surprised because when he be out there in a loud suit, like, yo, dog, y'all got suits now. Yo, what's you know that how much about? Street there is out there for him to see me in, bro. First of all, <laughs> all kinds of street. That that milk I ain't saying it's a problem. I'm just letting us y'all know what's coming down the pike. That milk dud don't want no smoke. Or Tinder, so that's one. Two, there's definitely a Pac-Man suit. So yeah, everybody's got those. Is doing those. I, I feel like. Matter of fact, Carson and Deshaun had the ones with the Eagles logo on the inside. This okay, weekend. well now I don't want a suit because everybody's doing it. So yeah. no, it's, I'm no, 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 it's no, been no, done. no, no, no. I said the Pac-Man suit, like the external part, was Pac-Man fabric, Ugh. not the inside. It was black. You know how the old school Pac-Man was. Trust me, it's lit. Okay. I gotta see that. I gotta see that. I'm, I'm having trouble envisioning it, so I gotta. I gotta see it. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, get on that intern. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he is working. He's he's doing man in the YouTube uh, uh, cameras, uh, multiple cameras that we got going on over here, ladies and gentlemen, here in the studios of WPPM, uh, Philly Cam. All right. So so to answer Yvette's question, merch is coming. Merch is in the works. Um, should we also figure a way to make those? Oh, this Pac-Man shirts? suit is nah, ugly. No, that's not the one I saw. This that's not the no, one. No, not I saw. that one. I know which one you're talking. Okay, about. Someone, that person must have had it custom made then, because it was not. It was less ghosts and okay. dots and, and more, more of the pack. Uh, it, it was more the brackets. You know, there's okay. that little pocket where you go in, you eat the white jaw, and everything yeah. turns free game. Yeah, it was more of that framing stuff, so it was more pattern and less. Dots. Okay. 
Uh, okay. I, I, again, I, I got to see I've it. seen the dude on Tinder. Ah. Um, and at the Geek Awards a couple of years ago, someone had a similar suit on. I don't know if it was the same bowl. It's possible it was the same bowl. What about Black Tribble's earrings? Sure. Black, black, black Tribble's jewelry? 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 That's what my grandmother used to call it. Jewelry. I like that. I like that. I like that. One thing that Gangsta Grass had that I was I was jealous of, but it fit their brand probably more so than ours. They had the Gangsta Grass band, bandana. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're doing new ones. We got new ones coming out. Although, we could take it to the hood and do do-rags. Or we can get caps. <laughs> oh, you know what? The do-rag you know, idea, dog. <laughs> there is a guy. There is a guy in Manny Yunk who will do your cap. Who 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 does caps? Who does cap? And his caps look kind of cool. He stitches them. It's a it's a stitched uh, logo. Nice. And it actually is kind of fly. I've actually seen a couple that he's done. So I have to follow up on this. It's a nice black cap. I've only seen him on a black cap. I don't know if he's done on others. I mean, like a satin cap. No, kind of like a cap like Randy's got right there with with the stitching similar to that. Embroidered. Embroidery, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of, I mean, so that's always a, a winner. Yeah. Yeah, I think hats is definitely an option. All right. I'm, but, you know. What I'm, about socks? Mm. Ooh. Socks? Speaking of socks. That's a grand idea. But we talked about, I'm going to abruptly segue, Len. Yes, Yvette, we've got merch no. coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, we talked about doing more uh, charitable works for Triple Nation and those abroad and at sea. Mm-hmm. And I am officially putting out there for you all locally and, and those of you who are watching us Socktober. Yeah, Socktober. Because okay. statistically, um, homeless shelters and, and agencies and organizations that serve people who are. Uh, living on the streets, get a whole bunch of donations for coats. You know, the coat drives happen every year. Uh, people are constantly donating clothes and stuff they don't need. But what the thing they don't get are socks and underwear, but but primarily socks. So uh, we are going to organize a drive. We're going to be collecting new socks. Yes, new socks. New, new socks. socks. Unworn socks. <laughs> like how new? Newish. New. Like new. still new. wash. New. It's like oh, like brand new, brand, brand new, new, unopened, with, with yes. tags and in packages. Well, and yeah, stuff. It's new socks. New socks has never been worn. Brand new socks never been on anybody's foot yet. But what if that hole was in there when it came out the pack? <laughs> I can't with you. New socks we're collecting. Uh, they gotta be white socks, not necessarily no. any socks, no. any socks, any socks. Just be mindful of of what people will need them for. Right, you know, colorful. Toe socks may be cute to donate, but I don't know too many people that might find that practical who are in dire need of them. So uh, donate them if you like, but basic socks, probably tubed socks are best so they could fit a multitude of different sized feet. What, mm-hmm. tubed? No, I'm saying this. <laughs> yes, but it could be ankle socks. 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 They could be socks. I'm just saying, you know. My right. calf. Sure, whatever. Knee high. Knee high, whatever you, ankle socks, whatever you want to give us. Ooh, thigh high socks. Can we get some 1980 Ow. socks with the thick bands, the two red ones around the top? Those will probably be great during the winter time when it's extra cold. There you go. So, so yes. Uh, stay tuned for more details. We'll be putting out where we'll be having um, our donation boxes, collection points, collection points. I like that better than boxes. Um, 
And we will definitely keep you posted on that Triple Nation because October is coming. It's October! Can it be a sock that had a previous life as a puppet? Like, it was a puppet, and it's like, I don't feel like a puppet anymore. I feel like I should just be a sock. I want to be a sock. Are those socks welcome? I feel that's fair. Give it a second chance, you know? No, because you don't know what it is. No. I'm looking at both of (laughs) y'all. I'm just, and and for those of you who aren't watching, y'all know an auntie look when you hear one. I'm looking at both of y'all right now, and I want you to think about what you just said to me and run that back, given the scenario of what we're collecting these socks for and whom. Okay, but that doesn't mean he wasn't new. Back to you, Len. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so it's October. More details coming soon, ladies and gentlemen. We got uh, one more uh, bit of news before we jump into the main thrust of the show. We got a the black sock that got traded to the red sock. We got... It's deep. <laughs> so deep. I'm done with y'all. We got an email from Quenu from California Ooh. who wrote us a Star Trek rant that he wants to get our um, feedback on. So pay attention, Tribbles, especially you, Madam Trek over there. This short email slash rant is about an episode of Star Trek titled Nomad. Without going into the whole episode, the part that I am writing about is when you see when Nomad kills Scotty, but he's able to be brought back fully to life with no problem. Alas, when Nomad then wipes Lieutenant Yohora's mind, it cannot fix her since her mind has only been totally erased. This is where my conundrum starts. Yohora is then left to be reprogrammed slash remade, not as a black woman, but as the perfect Starfleet officer by Nurse Chapel and Bones, where would she then get her past experiences slash influences that she embodied as Uhura? A quick aside here, if I may, blackness to me is not just a black body, but a frame of mind. I know many people with black bodies that are not black mentally, and I know a lot of people who aren't necessarily people of color that are down with the cause. I so enjoyed listening to your kicking it with the black tribbles that I am sending this to your show for your feedback. I don't know if it's the right place or not, but I wanted to get your opinion on this part because now I feel that the show wasn't as liberal as I used to believe. And there's a sour taste in my in my mind. Quenu from California. Interesting. That's a good question. Um, and it's even more interesting that this question is posed uh, at the Women's Respect Podcast Festival a couple weeks ago. I was having this conversation with Sue from Women at Warp, mm-hmm. and she and I talked about, you know, the conundrum that does Trek live up to its own uh, aspirations, right? And you know, it's it's nuanced in the ways that it does, in the ways that it doesn't, much in the way that everybody's experience, whereas this individual pointed out. Um, there are certain things that make this show revolutionary um, and ahead of its time and still ahead of its time to this day. And there are some things that make it a period piece, like a period right. science fiction piece. You know, um, there are to to bring to an example, you know, representation of the LGBTQ community uh, in all of Trek is there. Right. So at the time it was revolutionary for mainstream television. 
Um, but, you know, it was still created through the lens of somebody who hadn't really seen the precipice of the movement at, at that time. You know, the 80s was cognizant of folks on the spectrum, but it, there was no call for accountability like there is today. Okay, so you're talking about specifically TNG. Right. But So that being said, you know, there are elements of, of the original series that are going to be victims of a show that was made in the late 60s, early 70s. You know, there are certain stuff that while, you know, might be progressive then, is not progressive overall. Like, we still right. have either moved past it or haven't gotten there yet. Um, so there's that. But <laughs> to play the devil's advocate, if her mind got wiped to be replaced as the model Starfleet officer, who's to say the model Starfleet officer isn't a black woman anyhow? <laughs> True. Sorry, felt that for a second. Had a little Trek church. <laughs> True. That's that, 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 that's a good You know point. what I mean? Because we don't know. What the default of the model Star Trek. You know, they could have. Chapel and, and Bones could have been digging in the crates in terms of what Starfleet Medical had on record at that time. And who's to say who wrote the book on Starfleet Medical? You know what I mean? There was, it, there's really no way to say because the representation was only going to be put out there as far as what was socially acceptable at the time. So one of the great things about science fiction in general and, and fantasy as the genre is that while it's only been very recently that we've been able to see ourselves and, and people in different intersections physically represented in screen or in whatever type of media, um, the fact that it is speculative in some way gives you a little wiggle room in terms of where uh, people's representation can actually exist. Hope that answers their question. Hope that answers your uh, question, Quenu, who uh, I will say that on his message said that P.S. Um, please look forward to a similar rap rant about the Jem Hadar somewhere down the line. Ooh, don't get me started with them. So, uh, mm, so, so, Quenu, you have found a place where all of your uh, your your questions about Star Trek are more than welcome. So let's go. Bring them on. Email us at blacktribbles at gmail dot com. And any question you can ask us anything, ladies and gentlemen, we'll answer anything in the world because that's what we do. Hey, why not? I had a question posed to me from somebody uh, not quite in Triple Nation yet, but uh, a fellow geek, if you will. And I think this ties into the topic pretty well. Uh, this person asked me how I felt about them recasting, if them possibly recasting Professor X with Denzel Washington. And I think it's disrespectful. To be honest, and this is, I'll put this out there for you all to bat back and forth. Um, but the biggest thing about uh, Magneto was that he was a Holocaust survivor. So, you know, I don't. Yeah. But I don't, you said, yeah. Wait a minute. I thought you said. said we, Professor X? Okay, yeah, I meant to yeah, say Magneto. Yeah, yeah, my bad. Yeah. Uh, misspoke there. Yeah. Um, yeah, Eric Lenscher was a Holocaust survivor. And that, you know, I feel like to. To put Denzel in that while, you know, who doesn't like looking in Denzel? I mean, not so much anymore. But, you know, who doesn't like seeing representation? Mm -hmm. um, I feel like that erases a certain 
demographic there. And I, I feel like that's disrespectful. Funny story. Uh, me and Ramon were having this conversation yesterday. Ramon of the Garbled Ramon podcast. of the Garbled, uh, Garbled podcast. And he has a brilliant idea. Um, and that would be to make whoever Magneto was a survivor of the Rwandan genocide. Hmm. And it's like, all right, you still have You still have that, right? Um, and I think that's the only way it could work because Magneto needs that. He needs to have be someone that's experienced that, right? Um, I, I think the the I think Eric Lencher as a character works perfectly, and that you, you kind of leave it alone. Yeah. But if you were if you wanted to do it, that would be the only way you could do it. It could just be a guy. That was like, well, you know, I'm mad. Right, no, they'd right. have to be somebody that is that has seen it firsthand, mm-hmm. right, and has experienced it, and it, and is very much on some never again type stuff. Yeah. So you 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 you, you almost couldn't do it, but that would be the, literally the only way to do it. I think so many people now are caught up with the whether or not they could. They don't stop to think about whether or not they whether should. They should yeah. you know? There's plenty of independently created black characters for Denzel to play if they really want to do it. There's tons of other um, mainstream black characters that if they really wanted to shoehorn him in somebody's franchise, they could make it happen. Like, I don't think it's appropriate to, even if you did want to make him some type of refugee from from an uh, African descendant uh, conflict of some way, he could be an apartheid you know, survivor. Yeah. I I just don't. Uh, it's not necessary. Like, it's we have Wakanda now. Like, we have Wakanda. We have literally. We got, you know, uh, uh oh, what's the city that Black Lightning and them are in? Jesus Christ! Oh, I forget. Uh, uh, there's I forget. there's there's Harlem for for Luke Cage and them. Like, you you have a whole slew of of source material here that we don't that you don't need to rewrite somebody else's story in order to fit us in there. Like. It, it, this is not five years ago where we didn't have the type of representation in mainstream media that we do today, right? This isn't Michael B. Jordan as the Human Torch. This is post Black Panther. This is we have we have Black. We have uh, Excellence. We have all of these independent titles out here that you know. A lot of y'all ain't ripping for. Oh, you know, there's Tuskegee Airs. I would love to see. There's Black Sands, like there's there's tons of stuff that's out here that you can put. Yeah. You you can do it with with just about anything. You, the idea of just making a character that everybody knows randomly black, and because one of the things that we say all the time is that you couldn't make certain black characters not black. Yeah, because we'd be pissed the, because in their reverse. blackness is very much a part of their experience. Eric Lencher being a Holocaust survivor is so much of his experience. That, you know, how how could you justify that? You know what I mean? It, it's If you don't want it done, don't do it. And don't ask for it to get done. Right. It's a doable thing, right? It could be done and you could tell an interesting story with it. But I just don't think you need to. It's just, yeah, like you said, it's you just. You should not. Yeah. Well, the triple. Charles thing. Xavier, you could do. True. Charles Xavier, you could do easily. True. That's why I was about to be like, all right, what's the problem? I'd see. Yeah, I would when, love when to, she said Professor X, yeah. my bad. I was like, you know. I misspoke. P- apologies. Right. No, th- no, but I'm just saying to, but, to yeah, Eric's but point. Professor X, yeah. That would. That. And Denzel's done paraplegic before. So, you know. 
Well, how do you resident. how do you feel? It, it's funny. I was just watching um, Bill Burr's comedy special, and he made a bit about how people came at Brian Cranston because he played uh, a, a guy who becomes paraplegic. Um, and I'm forgetting the movie. It, it, he did it with Kevin Hart. Um, it actually wasn't a bad movie. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But people, well, people were coming at him because he played a paraplegic, and you know they were saying that role should have gone to a paraplegic actor, you know? And, you know, well, Bill Burr, he he's a comedian, so it's a comedy special, so he's, you know, making light of it and make, making jokes of, about it. But his main point was he's an actor, he's playing, he's playing a role. He got cast in the role. You know what I mean? True, but there's probably how many paraplegic actors or people that trained in acting and had some type of terrible accident that can't get parts because they're confined to this chair? And there's, and there's some that, well... There are some that do work. I mean, I, I especially think of uh, uh, Daryl um, Chill. It's his last name Wilson. E-E. Chill I mean, Mitchell. Chill Mitchell. 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 Wait, Mitchell. what happened? No, he, he. Yeah, he's paralyzed. You know that. He's been paralyzed for years. I did not know that, dude. He's been paralyzed for years. He's been, and, but he's been on TV series and movies. He was on um, for a long time. He was on. Um, Ted Danson's show, and now he's he was on um, one of those CSI shows for years. Yeah, he's been active for years, but yeah, he's been paralyzed for know that. for a long time. Um, well, all right, well, there's one, but uh, <laughs> there's a lot of good examples yeah. of that. Because, but do you have a problem that Brian Cranston was cast in the role, though? I mean, the argument can be made. I didn't see it. I didn't. I don't like Kevin Hart so I'm not going to sit here and okay but but the idea of Brian Cranston the argument can be made that if there's a person who's a professional actor that can't get work because they're confined to this chair can't get work because now you've got an able-bodied person or a differently able-bodied person playing someone that's in your specific situation then it's understandable why that community would be upset about it much in the same way that um, Benedict Cumberbatch as Khan like there's not billions of Indian people that could have played Khan in Star Trek Into Darkness. Um, Much in the way that uh, your boy Momoa has a new Netflix film coming out called C. That's not Netflix. That's Apple Plus. Oh, excuse me. It's a new streaming platform. Yes, and they are trying to use your boy. And, you know, they've apparently a lot of the the extras are folks who are vision impaired or, or completely blind, but the major actors are, you know, they can see. And it's just like, you know, like, it, this is not 20, 30 years ago. But if you want Brian Cranston-level acting... That was about to say that. Like, are they any Brian good? Cranston? But the only reason why Brian, Aunt Brian Cranston was able to get to that level is because he's been given the opportunity to develop those skills and that marketability. Folks who are in a chair have never had the opportunity to get to where he's at because their their oper- their range for roles is considerably limited. Well, while their range for roles may be limited based on whatever your your situation is, that's true. Um, there have been those that have been given that that opportunity to to continue on when. With their career, I'm talking about Daryl Chill Mitchell, um, right there. Uh, 
Lionel Barrymore going, I mean, dating back as he became more and more in a, uh, as his legs start losing him. He was still a star in, in films in a wheelchair, but admittedly that's going back to like the thirties and forties and fifties, but there have been, there have been some, there have been some actors who were blind, still practicing the practicing I mean, the I mean sure like you could even call on Christopher Reeves when they when they reprise Secret Window but the fact of the matter is Rear Window, rear window excuse me um you know it's a matter of putting the content out there mm-hmm. right if you have one in 50 films about somebody who's wheelchair bound then it, it makes sense that studios are going to be less inclined to take um, uh, an investment gamble with an actor who's wheelchair bound as well when they have Bryant Cranston. However, if 10, 15, 20, 25 of those 50 films include people that are wheelchair bound or differently abled, then that opens up the door for, you know, more people exponentially. So it's, again, it's a matter of, of being accountable with the representation that you put out there, whether it's uh, people who, you know, live their lives in a chair, whether it's people who, can't see uh whether it's people who are you know black and brown like you know the world is not as white as our mainstream media will have us believe it is so like let's do the work it's out there now the people are calling for it the internet demands it like it's not like we don't know that people are pissed true true all right well it's a good movie you should check it out it's actually not bad um despite your kevin hart bias all right. Uh, it is now 9.45. I don't want to get into our main topic and then have to be shutting it down real qu- quick or like taking a sidestep at the top of the hour. I could do it right now. For, for, for I was our gonna features. Say, real fast, is uh, there an email from uh, Tim Carter? Because he says he sent us an email. Tim Carter? Yes. Tim Carter. I will... I will look and see if there's an email from Tim Carter. Timothy Carter, first time writing greetings to all the triples in the studio. I am a fan of the show. Though Facebook hates me and tells me y'all are live when you're not so when I comment during the video I thought I was being ignored at first. Oh no! (laughs) I want to give that Shout out to my family member of the Tribbles cast. Hey, Randy. Love you, fam. What up, dude? I've been watching Ronin Warriors lately on Amazon. Nice. It's got me thinking to ask y'all, would you want to see this show rebooted like Voltron was? My follow-up question is, if Black Tribbles became Ronin Tribbles, what virtues would you embody and what color armor would you have what armor name would you be called to go with your personality your new top fan on facebook tim carter hoping to go by aka all might tribble and tribble of the wildfire from south carolina by the way Boom. What's up? Boom. Tim Tim came question, in triple. the door. Yeah, he said it yeah, before. Kicked it, in. <laughs> kicked it in. 
Yeah, Tim and I, uh, Tim and I are uh, in a couple of groups together. Um, he's a good dude. He makes me laugh. Um, wow, Ronin Warriors. I used to love that show. That's a nice little throwback. Can, yeah. can I get like a little, you know, one on one? Yeah, because like, I'm with you on that one. Okay, I don't even know. Um, <laughs> it was a... <laughs> millennials. Yeah, yeah. It was another. It was another <laughs> one of these sort of millennials. Rise up. Like, all right, there's five people, and they all have red, blue, green, yellow, and armor. what other other color like, like, color armor. Yeah. But these guys were like super science samurai kind of thing. Um, Super Saiyan Samuel. It was kind of cool. Like it, uh, I and I, I don't remember. I don't think it lasted. It. I remember, long. No, not very long at all. But I remember the, the look of it was very cool. Um, and it it was fun. You know, very much like oh no, this thing is happening. We need to armor up. Ha ha! It was like a an animated Power Rangers kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly, um, exactly. But cool. but it, but it was yeah. fun. Now, to his question of whether or not I'd want to see it rebooted like Voltron was, no. And here's the reason. It lasted a season. Yeah. And as much as we may, may wax nostalgic about it and the look of it was kind of cool, I don't think it really connected no. with the zeitgeist the way that Voltron, that Voltron did. did. Or some other one season Shows because I'm not, it's not to say that one season should preclude you from deserving a, re- a, reboot, yeah. a reboot. Case in point, I think at least two of us, and possibly more, would agree that if they're going to reboot anything, it should be Silverhawks. Yeah, yeah, without question. You do a Silverhawks on the same level as that, that second Thundercats all day, every day. Give me that. Give me all well, of that. Well, I would prefer for it to be done on the level of the Voltron reboot. Therefore, it can get a couple of seasons. Or She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. Right. It, it, yeah, because Netflix reboots, they're pretty good. Mm. I didn't. I haven't, I haven't watched either one. I, I tried to watch both. I tried to watch Voltron, and it bored me to tears. Really? Yeah, Voltron oh was actually all right. It was. I was like, they gave uh, some nice little backstory. I think it was, yeah, yeah, I think I mean, it was so much better than deep. the original. It I think was. I may have been just been trying to watch it too late at night, and every time I was oh. watching, I was like, oh, I'm asleep. Uh, Wait, possibly. what? How far? What? What happened? Where? Is that what happens when you're not off? You say, "I'm asleep." Yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm asleep. <laughs> Wait, and then three hours later, it's <laughs> episode nine, you know, fourteen well, episodes. Hypnotizes himself. Yeah, and you're asleep. Um, but yeah. Yeah, if they, it's if, really good though, man. You should, I've heard good things about it. I've heard nothing but good things about it. But I was like, eh, right. Uh, I maybe I should try and watch this during the day. Yeah, yeah, maybe you should. Maybe you should. Um, but yeah, if, if they could do it like that, is as as good as what I've heard it is. Sure, go for it. You know, I, I would love a Silverhawks like that, dude. As long as they, <laughs> as long as they don't go out do Hot Wing no more, I'm good. <laughs> Something else. Yeah. Dog. Anything else. Anything else. What should, they, what should they call him? I don't know. You can call him Lava Wing. You can call him something else. Lava Wing. wing. I don't something Does it have to be something wings? Or can he just I mean, because he's a bird, so all right, okay. fine. Uh I would watch it just for bluegrass because that's me. But um yeah, just give and you do the you do the entire thing exactly the same. Except for not calling that poor black man hot wing. Calling turkey wing? I could almost handle that. Because everybody likes turkey wings. Maybe they call him Popeyes. Stop! What? They could call him Popeyes. 
<laughs> no. Hey, yo, six piece. Bye bye. There's uh, there's no three piece cultural piece. way to identify that dude. You can have two black dudes and call him drums and flats. I quit. No. Call um, him salt pepper ketchup. You call him? No, 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 no. Here's what you do. Here's what you do. Here's what you do. You eliminate the wing altogether mm-hmm. and just call him the heat. He doesn't speak. You don't see him on regular issues, regular episodes, regular missions, to the point where the fans are like, where the hell is Hot Wing? To when the real stuff pops off. I'm talking episode 8, episode 9.5, when they're hitting the big boss, and they're like, oh, God, what are we going to do? I think it's time we call in. We got to bring the heat. And he's got his own that. theme music. It's like, boom, 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 boom. Well, that's X-Men. But you know what I'm saying? Like, he's got his own... <laughs> Heat music. He's got his own heat music. It's not even theme music. And he talks about himself in the third person. I was always wondering when you guys would call the heat into this situation. You always know me. I'm always ready to bring the heat. (laughs) And he starts to go into battle. Let's turn it up. Okay. All right. All right. All right. In that regard, someone said, why not just name him Phoenix? So, like, it it just fits. No, Phoenix. No. I actually rather, how about Thunderbird? Did someone already call Thunderbird? Thunderbirds, no. There was already a TV show called Thunderbirds. And they were puppets. Yeah, they were puppets. Thunderbirds was not the same as Silverhawks. Okay. I just meant for his name. You could definitely come up with something. I'm not going to do. Because telling you the heat. You're crossing the streams. Don't do that. Hey, that's fine. The heat. I'm about to come up with a super. So to answer Tim Carter's question, if I had a Ronin warrior's armor, it would be heat resistant. It'd be charcoal black with with burning red seams like the fusion, like the temple fusion from Steven Universe. And my name would be the heat. Okay. All right. (laughs) Mac, what would be your Ronin triple uh, color and name? Um, I, I, I see. I like to keep it stealthy. Mr. Thursday night. <laughs> so it's going to be. Oh, you be missed like, that, Randy. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, he wasn't here for that. Oh, you should have seen your oh, boy, you Lauren. Tonight? <laughs> <laughs> and Asaki. Yeah, but I, 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 I saw a little bit of, of Lauren just. God bless. Lauren it up all over the place. <laughs> just being. Lauren and. Just Lauren. Lauren. <laughs> Some people's names become He's verbs. Yeah. Yeah. Lauren is definitely a new gerund. So go ahead, Mr. Thursday. Nice. What would your Ronin warrior John be? All right, so I would be like, because like they all have like a different kind of like a virtue kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. So like it was like Ryu of Wildfire. I would just be like Mac of Wild Style. Like mm, I go wild. Yeah. I have all black armor with like white piping. You can just see like my silhouette so creep in and out. See me with some glow lights. You'd be like, what? I'm in and out. You pop out with the glow lights. Ah, I was trying to get you to make the noise. Ah, distraction. (laughs) (laughs) Mac of wild style. (laughs) It's always time for a party. Okay, I like that. What about you, uh, Randy? Dude, voice of reason. I already have that. Oh, here he come on. (laughs) Voice of reason. Yeah, you can say that. You got to keep it on brand. Yeah, man. Got, you know, <laughs> hey, hey, I mean. Everything stays on brand all day. Yeah. All day. Smart marketing. Um, Yeah, and it, but it would be, it would be definitely be a Sonic-based power. Um, And there'd be lots of yelling. Lots of yelling? Mm-hmm. Yeah, imagine like a Banshee. Oh, okay. But like the most reasonable Banshee ever. Think about the children, children. You're not making any sense. 
<laughs> but what about the taxes? <laughs> Dude, really? Are you serious right now? Glass shattering all over the place. Isaiah, now this is right up your league, Isaiah. I mean, sort of, but like I, I don't know much about it. So I think my armor color would be silver, because that's my favorite color. My name, I don't know. Do we have names? I guess it would be like Vanguard or something. I don't know what though. Like that's all I got right now. I'm sorry, that, that's I don't know much about these these. Bro, so it's like you just gotta pick like an attribute. Or a thing that's like that's I guess like your thing, you know what I mean? So like you had like somebody of the torrent, somebody of wildfire, somebody of oh like I that, like yeah, like you know what I mean? Oh, all right. Well then, um, yeah, I'll be the vanguard of light, and I'll have silver armor. Boom. The vanguard of light. Yeah, he go. I know. Man, that's short for lightweight. You know, he don't. It's all good. I'm out here like a paladin. I may live a sober life. It's okay. He like a monk like that. Yo, that's fair. Harry, nothing lightweight. Heavyweight since birth. When the voice of reason comes back. We all know that. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. That'll be me. I'll be paladin like. There we go. What about you, Len? Uh, I don't know. I've been sitting here thinking about it. Um, uh, it's kind of corny, um, but I think so. It's on brand. Got you. <laughs> <laughs> I, to- I tossed it up there for you, dog. Wow, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that was underhand. Just- uh, I think that I would be. Um, I'm not going to be of something. So I would be Mr. Rose. Um. And that's because I would. You're thorny. No, I would uh, oh. spread love throughout the universe. You're the first one to die. All right, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He's the di- he's the distraction. Right. <laughs> guys, guys, I guys. I brought you a flower. Do you really want to fight? He's a tuxedo mask of Ronan War. Do you really want to hurt me? Do you really want to hurt me? <laughs> he's, yo, he's the boy from Captain Planet. Keep singing, Rose. Oh, you got this. Keep singing. Oh, wait a minute. You see, but I would be like Halo from Young Justice, so every time I die, I come no, you adding right. stuff yeah, now. Right. That's adding powers. Those are different colors, too. Each one has a unique ability. You don't even know the show. Now, all of a well, sudden, you, no, you write no Halo. You write no Halo. All of a sudden, you're a showrunner. Hey, I mean, hey, hey. One day, but look. It's okay, Isaiah. They always hate no millennials, so someone needs to get a PDF down, converted into a word document. <laughs> then all of a sudden, they need us. Bruh. I quit. <laughs> Is that why they be asking me for computer help at work all the time? Yes. yes. <laughs> Can you show me how to print this real quick? You're like, right click there. There you go. Did you just say us? It's like what? Technically, I'm an elder millennial. That's true. An elder millennial. That's the thing. That's true. Yeah, yeah, because it's such a. It's, she is. It's such a BS. Elder millennial. I'm like millennial it's such a BS span of of time. That's right. They haven't named anything since those. And yeah, there's like Gen Zers. Years. There's Gen, Gen Zers. Yeah. I, I don't know who that is. They they're they're now. like now. They're the Born kids who, now. No, they're the kids who came after. Gosh, I want to say. Eleven, right? Yeah, they're like around there. They're Gen Zers are like ninety nine, two thousand. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like eighteen now. Yeah. yeah. Now I don't know nobody that's 18. That's, so you are. That's like my, my, my oldest niece. 
is turning 20 this year so she's a Gen Zer. Yeah. yeah. And they're the that's the generation that the politicians need to be paying attention to cuz they're old about to vote. Yipper. So, anyhow, um because the millennial generation is at this bizarre behind unreasonable yeah. span of time. time. Um I think yeah, it's and you too and you Yeah, too. I think it's like 82 to It's like 82 to like 98 or something. Yeah, it's like 97, 98. Something like that. So is what it is. I mean, that, that's we were like the quote-unquote echo boom for the amount of uh, children being born. You're listening to WPPMLP Philadelphia, and right now it is the top of the hour, which means that it is time for. I hope you know how very lucky you are to know me, since I'm so incredibly incredible. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to This Week in Geek History! History. September 15th, 1830, the first National Negro Convention began right here in Philadelphia. Philadelphia, bringing you Negro Convention since 1830. I'm trying to go today. There's a town I know where the Negroes go. It's called Philly. (laughs) September 17th, 1976. NASA rolls out the first space shuttle Enterprise from its assembly facility to a waiting crowd. Included in the crowd was a delegation of actors from the Star Trek TV series. Originally to be named Constitution, a write-in campaign by Star Trek fans convinced President Gerald Ford and NASA to rename the space shuttle. Hey, Kate. Yeah. September 18th, 19... Uh, Mr. Thursday <laughs> nice. was birthed! He was birthed! And sometime between then and now, he just joined the Boy Scouts and learned how to Star Wars and played his brother's video games when he wasn't supposed to and and had not one but two girls and all this fun stuff. And now he's a triple and we're happy for it. Mr. Thursday. Nice! nice. Yes, that happened. <laughs> September 19th, 1982. In a posting made to a Carnegie Mellican... Carnegie Mellican? Mellican. Carnegie, Carnegie Mellon Bulletin Board, Professor Scott Fallman proposes the first known use of emoticons. Precursor to emojis. Also known as smileycons or smileys. While the use of emoticons became widespread during the 80s and 90s, their original remained unknown until September 10th, 2002, when the original message was retrieved from backup tape, which was displayed in, well, below, but it's the, it's the colon in the yeah. parenthesis. This Week yeah. in Geek History brought to you by... <laughs> Randy's back! Yay! <laughs> back to you, Len. It's actually by my, my actual back, not the fact that I returned by my back. I carried it. You're a man of many talents. Um, also happening this week in geek history, September 16th, 2016? Wow. Jesus. Yes. 2016. Uh 
Avery Calbro, my grandson, was born. Oh, yeah, that baby yeah. three years old? He's three years old. Aww. Three years old. So happy birthday, Batarang. That's so cute. All right. Well, thank you, Kennedy, for this uh, Week in Geek History report. Sure. All right. Now, uh, as promised, Ariel is not here tonight, ladies and gentlemen. But by... So you just going to invite yourself in her garden when she's not feeling well? I don't know if she's going to appreciate that. She probably won't. However... Especially considering how long it took her to get back to that garden. <laughs> but I got this keto. Let's walk in Ariel's garden for just a moment, ladies and gentlemen, because we do have a suggested reading for you tonight. And it is a, a great graphic novel. It is not actually one issue. It is the first chapter, chapter one of Isola, brought to you by Brendan Fletcher and Carl Kershaw. How far would you journey to save queen and kingdom? An evil spell has been cast on the Queen of Mar, and her captain of the guard will do anything to reverse it. Their only hope lies on an island half a world away, a place known in myth as Isola, Land of the Dead. This is a lavish new fantasy series from acclaimed storyteller Brendan Fletcher, who is a New York Times bestselling author of Batgirl of Burnside, and Carl Kershaw. Eisner Award-winning artist of Gotham Academy. Um, it's an uh, image comic book. There's actually are two chapters out already. This is the first chapter, so you can be introduced to it. And if you look at the artwork in this book, I'll let uh, I'll give That's it to such a beautiful book. Dante, uh, am I, is it showing up on camera? Well, Dante and Facebook can check it out. This is one of the most gorgeous comic books you will ever see, ladies and gentlemen. I can open up literally to any page, and it is uh, great, beautiful, digitally painted. Um, it's a cross between, uh, I don't know, like a, like a, a, your favorite anime movie and your, your the best Disney movie. Um, the world building in this in this series. So Avatar. There you go. There you go. Avatar. That would be an, an, an apt uh, comparison. Uh, the world building in this is fanta fantastic. It definitely is a book that challenges you on relationships, how people get along with one another, um, because it is not it, it, when you think it's one thing and it changes on a dime. Uh, it has animal spirits in there. It has indigenous people in it. It's just a beautiful, beautiful piece of work. It is almost like reading an animated movie. Isola, I-S-O-L-A, chapter one. This can be yours. All you have to do is email us at blacktribbles at gmail.com. First email we receive that has Isola in the subject line you will win this copy mailed straight out to you it's a beautiful beautiful book i cannot recommend this more highly randy you said you're also a fan of this book yeah it's a gorgeous you. book it is absolutely beautiful uh i i read the first issue and i was like i'm gonna wait for that on the trade on that and it i can't get it it's like oh we have to try oh that's for somebody oh we had it today oh it's for somebody bought it yeah 
good stuff. Good stuff there. All right. All right. So that was our stop in Ariel's Secret Garden, ladies and gentlemen. And now it is time for us to debut a brand new feature here on Black Tribbles. And this is a feature that is being brought to you by the Super Tribble and the Master Tribble. Is a piece that we like to call Team Daddy-ish. Check this out coming your way. know that I can't go anywhere with this kid um, for any number of reasons, the the best of which is that I like having him around. Um, this kid, to those people listening. To those people listening, this is my five-year-old son, Alexander, a.k.a. the Ice Grill Tribble, um, and this kid comes with me everywhere I go. Um, yeah, he's like a keychain. Yeah, he really is. <laughs> um, and... So the first thing, one of the things I want to talk to you about everybody that's, you know, that's in this in this uh, menagerie of geekdom is not forcing your geek. Um, my I have three kids total um, and we all know that I'm the super triple. None of my kids are huge Superman fans. None of them are. Uh, my middle son is was a big Iron Man guy. Uh, he was four when. Iron Man came out in 2008, and that caught him. He was just like, well, okay then. You know what I mean? Uh, and his, him and his sister are both in the, in the anime and manga now. And, you know, it's not about forcing whatever your geek is on, on your kids. This guy right here is a huge Captain America fan. I rep for Cap. Um, I actually just bought him a Captain America shield, like a two-foot Captain America shield that he could probably sleep in if I curled him up in it. Um, cause that's his guy. That's who he reps for. Uh, and I, I, one of the things that drives me bonkers, it, it, adults that need their kid that are, that are geeks that are like, no, you're going to like my thing too, to the point where like, they can't like other Batman geeks whose kids can't be Superman fans and you know, that kind of thing. And Star Wars geeks whose kids can't like Star Trek and like, just if you want them in this and you want it to really develop in them, there's a, there's a thing that will catch them. There will always be a thing that catches them. Let them have their thing. That's it. Thank you. Mac? Um, <clears throat> I first became a dad 10 years ago. No, um, I, I don't know. I guess like uh, the one thing that's just uh, kind of been like on my mind this week is, uh, you know, you have your kids and you try to raise them and you want to, you know, instill all the best parts of yourself in them. Um, you want them to like the things you like, of course. They they don't always. But, um, you know, just trust them to follow their own path. You know, my, my first daughter is quite the little artist. She draws. She, I don't know where she got it from, but, you know, she got creativity from me and her mother, but... 
that's where her manifest is, like her own little X factor. So, um, you know, raise them up, do your best, but just make sure that they're like self-sufficient. Make sure that they can do for themselves. It's always good to be there for them. And I definitely want you to have with the best relationship with them. And, you know, you're never going to stop being there for your kids. You know, it doesn't matter how old they are, how grown they are. You know, they're always going to be your baby. Um, but you just want to make sure that they can do for themselves and that they can do for others. You know what I mean? You want them to be a part of society and be able to give something back. So, you know, don't be afraid to let your kid grow up. Don't be afraid to let your kid fall. Don't be afraid to let your kid, you know, get hurt. Because, you know, that's how they'll learn how to pick themselves back up. So that's a valuable lesson for every child to learn, too. It doesn't mean you're not doing your job, and it doesn't mean you weren't there. You know, you could be behind them the whole time, waiting with the Band-Aid and the peroxide to help them after they stand up. But definitely you got to make sure you let your kid know how to pick themselves up. So um, be there for them, but not too much. You know, be able, be comfortable enough to be hands-off so that way they can kind of stand on their own two feet too because otherwise they're just, you know, you got to let them go at some time. So, you know, just don't let them have to let go of you before they're ready. So just prepare them as much as you can and just make sure that they can, you know, do for self. Nice. Words to live by here on Team Daddy-ish here on Black Triples. And now we have one more feature to present for the first time here on Black Tribbles. Check this out. Oops. My bad. Hold up. Made a mistake. I don't like making mistakes. I made a mistake. Be quiet, Kennedy. Here we go. It's the Tribbles we're breeding. If we don't get them off the ship, we're going to be hip deep in them. Lieutenant O'Hara, how did all these Tribbles get on the bridge? I don't know, sir. They do seem to be all over the ship. I'm forced to agree with the doctor. I've been running computations on their rate of reproduction. The figures are taking an alarming direction. They're consuming our supplies and returning nothing. Oh, but they do give us something, Mr. Spock. They give us love. Well, Cyrano Jones says that a triple is the only love that many can buy. That's right. A triple's love is the only love that money can buy. Has nothing to do with the title of our new feature, which is called Tribble of the Week. Ladies and gentlemen, where we look into the world of pop culture out there and we elect one person who stood out who we want to make the Tribble of the, Tribble of the Week and give them a Tribble designation. And to debut this new feature, I am electing writer, producer, director Ava DuVernay as the Triple of the Week. This week, Ava DuVernay, who has been um, a staunch champion of inclusivity and global film perspectives, uh, actually is marking the completion of the Array Creative Campus for her her film um, production uh, um, company, Array 360, Array Creative Campus and their brand spanking new state-of-the-art Amanda Theater opened this week in Los Angeles in the historic Filipino town of uh, uh, Los Angeles, where... 
The Amanda Theater will host the inaugural Array 360 film series created and funded by DuVernay's nonprofit Array Alliance. For six weekends, Array 360 will feature award-winning filmmakers and emerging artists. Ava DuVernay said that as a model, Array does uh, steep itself in inclusion models to correct long-held absences, believing in balance from the beginning. Our Array Creative Campus was built with this belonging in mind from the first day, and Array 360 is a reflection of our mantra that everyone has a place in true cinema. Um, their film series will open with Woman's Work, which is a two-day program highlighted, highlighting underrepresented female um, filmmakers and trailblazers such as uh, Kathleen Collins and Bar- Barbara Loden. Um, they're also going to be shining the light on the career of the late John Singleton by having marathon screening of a few of his films. They're going to be doing a very special screening of Collateral as well as other um, international films. There, Array Alliance, her nonprofit, is all about bigging up the voices of uh, creatives of all shapes and sizes, and specifically people of color, and even more specifically women in the world of film. And Telephone knows that she is a um, the producer and creator of the own TV show Queen Sugar, which is every episode is directed by a different woman um, giving some, some women their first shots at directing and some women who haven't had shots since for years before have been passed over, giving them uh, opportunities to um, practice their practice what, you know, their, their craft again. I, I've just have been found myself like really like uh, becoming a big devotee of of Ava DuVernay. She's been hosting on TCM the uh, their essential show where they they highlight you know classic films, and she's been not just digging into their regular vault. She's been going into the international films and and some um, underappreciated black films, bringing Daughters of the Dust to the first time to. Uh, Turner Classic Movies, as well as last week where she showed the original film from the 1950s, Rashomon, which oh, was wow. which was an, incredible just to sit there and watch. And they none of this would have ever happened without um, Ava DuVernay and her making the most of the opportunities that have come her her way. In our genre, she's going to be. Um, uh, helming a Marvel movie. She's going to be helming the Eternals movie. Um, so she's just doing, she's just doing a damn thing. And I, no, she's not. She's, she's doing the new gods movie. New gods. No, she's doing new gods. She's yeah, doing new gods. She's well, then she's gods. not even a Marvel's movie. It's a DC movie. She's doing, maybe she'll get that right. Cause DC can't do anything get right. Out. So, so they, they finally got somebody to do something right there. And I'm not leaving. I'm, I'm on the <laughs> mic. So you get out. Um, your segment's over. So, <laughs> um, so I want to give a shout out to Ava DuVernay uh, um, and elect her triple of the week. And I thought it, you know, what triple designation would I 
give to Ava DuVernay, and I know she's got Array Alliance, so I want to adorn Ava DuVernay as Hooray, Array, Tribble. I like it. I like it. It's doable. <laughs> cool. Thank you. Thank you. So Hooray, Array, Ray, Tribble, tribble. a.k.a. Yeah. Ava DuVernay, our Tribble of the Week. Nice one. Nice. So shall it be done. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Well done, sir. Well, I try. All right. Now we can get back to what we were doing, ladies and gentlemen. And the reason why you possibly tuned in to tonight's show, because we are going to be talking about a little show that is on Amazon Prime called Carnival Row. Now, this is a show that you uh debuted i believe was it uh in in august or late july august 30th august 30th okay it wasn't it wasn't august that this debuted in uh on uh amazon prime is eight episodes up there and it is an urban fantasy brought to you by oh uh was it travis beecham hold on i had that travis beecham and renee echevarria right who was a Writer on Star, Star Trek for years and years and years, which is why this show is so freaking banging. But I might be getting ahead of myself a little bit, maybe a little bit. But I know that you have become a big fan of this show, Kennedy. And as one who knows and loves you, I know that's that's a fandom that is hard to come by. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> listen, it's hard. that's a rough one. I, I hate everything. <laughs> well, you do, and uh, not. Or an Orlando Bloom fan, I gotta say. But he was so good in this, I forgot. I was looking at him. I was like, look at you. Little little sun on your face, little wear and tear, looking like a person. Anyway, um, this takes place in a mythical place at a mythical time. Uh it's very Victorian esque in mm-hmm. appearance. Um, you know, I, I say that into into like to describe the the suiting of the men and and the the corsets and the bustles that the women are wearing. Right. Um, well, doesn't someone, well, well, real quick, and I'm, I'm going to let you continue, but just to give people just a quick overview, it's saying that Car- Carnival Row follows mythical creatures who have fled their war-torn homeland and gather in the city as tensions are simmering between citizens and the growing immigrant population. At the center of the drama is the investigation into a string of unsolved murders, madness of power, unresolved love, and social adjustments eating away at whatever uneasy peace that exists. This um, series stars, as she mentioned, Orlando Bloom, Cara uh, De- Delevingne, Simon McBurney, Tadzin Merchant, David Gazi, Andrew Gower, Indira Varma, and Jared Harris. Thanks. I was going to say all that without actually reading it from Wikipedia, but you know. Well, now you can just <laughs> just expound about your feelings about the show in general. That's why I took that oh away from you. Oh my god! Like you took the like you not only took the wind out of the sail, you took a huge blade to it and made sure that no wind could get that sail either. Okay, if you think so, go ahead. Um, yeah, it's it's got as a point of reference this very Victorian feel to it, but it's very clear early on that this is not a show placed in anybody's frame of reference. You know, they do a really good job of making it otherworldly. 
uh, in that way. Um, yeah, man, it's a refugee story. Like, <laughs> the people, there's some, some fairies, there's some pucks, there's uh, some goblins, some mm-hmm. trolls, some centaurs, and, um, of course, humanity has infringed itself on another culture and waged war unnecessarily and depleted natural resources and displaced entire cultures and oppressed religions and social rights and now they have no place else to live but human towns and are constricted to the slums of of this city mm-hmm. um so the story talks about not only you know the, the refugee story arc but also the social commentary that goes along with that in terms of the oppressed or group and the oppressed group um but at its core it's a murder mystery you know, there's some other subplots here and there that that talk about you know the interpersonal dynamics between uh, different races and different individuals, but yeah. it it is a murder mystery. Orlando Bloom plays a a detective who was ex-military and finds out that there's been like a serial killing. Ultimately, like people right. aren't just getting killed because people get killed on the road all the time. There's always something terrible, but there's people being disemboweled ultimately, and uh, you know he he follows the clues and and. As the bodies start to pile up, things start to get ugly. And at the end of the season, he finds out not only, you know, who is actually behind the killings, but what those killings, who the, the victims mean to him personally. Right. Um, has anyone seen it? Has anyone watched it? I have not yet. I'm, I'm like watching two, it. two, three episodes in. I'm like it, two episodes in. <laughs> Eric, you're going to love it. I When I was watching it, I was like, Eric's going to freaking love this. Yeah, so far so good. Like Is it's right? it's Game of Thronesy without being Westeros. You know what I mean? It's mm. got that interpersonal twisty turny uh hidden agenda vibe to it. Um but it's set in a modern a more at least more modern time than than Westeros. Mm-hmm. Again, yeah. these are fictional places with fictional time frames, so who's to say what's modern and what isn't? Right. But even though I think some character mentions says like does she say seventh century or maybe I heard her wrong maybe she no, said seventh century they do, yeah they do mention the time yeah. right. but but she either way so. that's still their time that's no, not no, how I it know, pertains but it, yeah. to you know right. what I mean yeah because it certainly doesn't look like what we would think the seventh century looked like right. right no if I had to like equate it to something that like we would always like Elizabethan like nineteenth century London kind of steam yeah. punkier yeah uh, I would say later than Elizabethan though it's definitely Victorian yeah like nineteen. Um, yeah, um, I find it interesting though that even though this is a fictional time and fictional place, fictional people, fictional story, <sighs> there's still the bustles and the corsets. And for those of you who don't know why that trend in fashion was a trend, it happened because of the exploitation of a black woman named Sarah Bartman, who was a mm-hmm. South African woman who was shaped in the silhouette the way that you know corsets and bustles are meant to emulate. So the fact that this is a completely fictional place in time, they're still, you know, I don't want to say capitalizing, but still admiring slash uh, usurping black womanhood for their own fashion, which is just like, <laughs> once you know that kind of stuff, it's like one of those things, once you know it, you can't unsee it everywhere. You know what I mean? Anytime I see somebody with a bustle, I'm like... Mm. It's crazy how that's a thing. You want to be black, but you don't want to be black. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and it, the one story arc about it that I was most hyped for 
that I was the most let down by at the end was Imogen and um, Mr. Agraeus. Uh, Agraeus was, so there's a race of beings called Pucks. I don't know if that's their actual names, I but. I think they're satyrs. They're satyrs. That's what I thought. I, don't, yeah. I never hear somebody actually call them by what their actual name is. There's lots of slurs. Yeah. Right? The slur for people, for magical fantasy folk Critch. is Critch. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Even though there's fairies, there's, like I said, a whole slew of well, different yeah, the races. fairies are called, what, they call fae or something like well, that? Well, fae is oh, well, like yeah. pretty yeah. typical. Yeah. 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 Uh, picks. Picks. That's what they call them. They call okay, fae picks. Yeah, the satyrs are pucks and so on and, and so forth. Um, so Mr. Mr. Agraeus. Agraeus is a satyr who um, made enough money to be oh, able to- that's the new neighbor. Yeah, he's a new okay. neighbor mm. to afford, mm-hmm. you know, this very expensive house in this very expensive part of town. Yes, played and by David Gass. Gassy. Gassy. Um, and he, satyrs or pucks in this instance are service industry oriented. They're definitely service class. Like they use the back doors. Mm. They're, you know, maids, valets, butlers, all that stuff. Um, so him moving in causes a whole ruckus because people are like who is this puck moving into my wealthy upscale neighborhood and the impact is felt that much more i think as a black person watching it because this very wealthy puck is happens to be an extremely dark-skinned black man right um so the impact is like twofold exactly and i wish y'all was caught up because i, I want to maybe we need to do like well i know i know a little bit about what, what happened but yeah uh i don't mm. Cause there's some if y'all only two three episodes in like this this show was a, a slow burn which is crazy because it's only eight episodes you don't have a full ten episode arc in order for you to see how all these pieces come together so it's a right. slow build and then I would say around episode six stuff starts really popping off so y'all are still experiencing the world build mm-hmm. right now and I <laughs> which is pretty extensive in yeah this show. it's thick you know so very, it, it makes sense that they are so. taking this time to. To build all that. So, right. you know, this story arc in particular doesn't really start popping off until I want to say episode five ish, if memory serves. Yeah. Because um, I watched it a couple weeks ago at this point. Um, yeah, it starts to build a little bit. Yeah. I'm like on episode like two or three. So, yeah. It yeah, two, two, three, four. We're still uh, finding out who the Fae are, right. what that conflict was. Who, uh, we're looking at the cops and that dynamic of the, the oppressor class and. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. You know, all the familiar slurs and, and behaviors of somebody who's accustomed to being on top of the food chain. Um, and we're also starting to see the beginning of the... So there's like definitely like social tiers in this, in this world, right, right. right? The carnival row is obviously the bottom, and it's always magical folks. Um, then there's the working class era, right? Or area, rather, which is, I would say, in this season depicted by the law enforcement by the cops okay and uh maybe the upper middle upper middle tier there by Imogen and her brother Ezra and that like wealthy section right and then there's the government there's the governing or the super oppressor class and that's where your girl and dear Varma comes in yo when I saw her I was like well lens hooked Yes. <laughs> yes I was like yes I was <laughs> I was like well this is going to have to be a Carnival Tribbles or a Triple Row <laughs> series because I know we're going to be talking about it a little bit. Yes. Um, and she was a pleasant surprise. I was like, well, here we go. And uh, it talks about the chancellor and mm-hmm. the opposing political group. And it's basically like uh, 
Critch writes. Right. Fan, magic. I don't want to call him Critch because it's clearly a slur. Um, magical writes like, should we be making steps to integrate these people? It's our fault that they're here anyway. Should we relegate them to this little space because it's not our obligation to care about them? And all of the political hoo-ha and harumph, harumph, harumph that goes along with that. Yeah. Um, That's where the Jared Harris. Uh, yeah. Who I could chancellor. I couldn't figure out where I'd seen him in. He was Will Robinson in the nineteen ninety eight Lost in Space movie. Oh wow! Right, yeah. he was the he was a grown up. He was. Robot. I was like, where this man? I seen this man's face before. I couldn't quite figure it out. Oh, That's who he was. Which I have to. We'll talk about it off offline. I recently just watched that movie. You hadn't seen it before. I had never. Finished it. I finished. I watched it like maybe two weeks ago. Oh, it's not a the strong Joe finish. Joe with Joey and the mask. The yeah, it's not a strong finish. Yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. It's not a strong finish. Okay, then real quick, quick aside. That movie sucks. But it starts off good. Not a strong finish. Yeah, it's not a good. Movie. Not a strong finish at all. That third act, you're like, oh yeah. Anyway, but, but yeah, Jared Harris. Yeah, yeah. Um, great actor. I've seen him in a lot of stuff. So the you find out some of the the twists and turns and the pulls and tugs in the. In the extreme oppressor class, in the political oppressor mm, class, mm. then you see, you know, the cops and the uh, socially oppressor class, and then you have Carnival Row, right? And each one of these different groups of people are dealing with their own issues when it comes to assimilating into a new culture, maintaining your culture for the sake of, you know, heritage, um, trying to blend. Uh, getting your ears docked, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. And it really does a great job of forcing people to to come to terms with that type of interaction, right? Yeah. If you're a person who has grown up with a silver spoon in their mouth, like has never had any type of real socioeconomic political issues in life, watching Carnival Row is going to put a whole lot of that in your face. And you're either going to be like, wow, this is how people are or you're gonna be like this is absurd i don't understand why people would care um we definitely need to have an episode where we could we could talk freely where you all catch up and i could talk because i <sighs> well I, we've we've we're there there's talk about us doing a carnival row um review series i, I especially since it got signed for season two already you know i already got picked up for for season two um i watched it i, I watched it i I'm enjoying what I'm watching so far. There's a part of me that um, I like the world building. Uh, I think that they have Amazon has definitely put money into this. Oh, it's all over it. It um, so it, it it looks it looks great. The acting is is you know, I too am kind of like hit or miss with Orlando Bloom, um, and outside of Indira Varma and Jared Harris. Um, the other actors, I'm, I've, if I've seen them other places, I don't recognize them. So this is my first time coming across them. But they do get over the story very well. Yeah. And, and I will say this about Orlando Bloom. He doesn't distract from what he's doing. Yeah. So, so I'll, give, I'll give him that. Um, so I, I am enjoying it. There's a, I am curious, though, especially because you said that Eric um, would like it. And while I am liking it, you know, it's funny you you do that. I, I don't know if you find yourself doing this. I do wa- find myself watching more and more things through the lens of the master triple. It's like, you know, like, <laughs> like, what, what 
Eric dig this? I, I watch things through a triple lens at this point <laughs> after eight years. True. Anyway, like which one of the triples is going to take a hot steaming deuce on this? It's usually me. Which one of the triples will love it? It's usually Randy. Well, well d- yeah, those those are the the, the, the poles the, uh, uh, of of Triple Nation. Um, On a scale of Randy to let <laughs> Randy to Kennedy. Where's uh, where this show? But but it, it's curious. You said you thought that he would like it. I was a little less sure about that. That's because you're not where I you you. You don't know, Jon Snow. You know nothing. Perhaps, perhaps, <laughs> because. But with the episodes that I've watched, and I, and I'll give Erica a chance to respond. I felt that I I didn't know whether or not the storytelling was as as up to. Eric's what what he might it's a it's a slow burn but once yeah, it I'm, starts I'm getting that once it starts cooking you're like oh oh all right because I remember being like okay this is cool but I'm worried I'm concerned about this story arc in particular and mm. that next episode boom that story arc picked up so I feel like the this, the writers the showrunners are cognizant of how much of this world they have to build the amount of time they have to build it um the fact that uh, they only have eight episodes to build all this, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they don't they don't rush anything. If anything, I, I would feel like maybe the last episode was a little rushed, right. but it's also a little bit longer as okay. well. So they don't you're not squeezed into forty five fifty minutes either. Right, right. So uh, you know it what? is a slow burn, but once it starts cooking, you're gonna be like, please let there be a second season because you're not just going. What's your this. What's your read on it, Mac? Uh. So when I watched the first episode, I let the I let it go right into the second one. So like we can I can speak up to the second episode, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Spoiler alert for it. if you had episodes one and two of Carnival Row on Amazon Prime. So without trying to be too spoiler heavy, um, I w- it was it was just like it was like a, like a lot of racism to just kind of just take yeah. it from the door. Yeah. So I was just like, like, is there any more to this than that? Um, and then in the second episode, uh, Orlando Bloom is having a conversation with, I forget the girl's name, with the, the girl that just showed up, his his girl. He, oh, oh he, uh, his uh, ex. Vignette. Yes. Vignette, yes. Vignette. And uh, she says something about uh, letting your people find out. So I'm like, oh, all right, so he got something going on with him. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he's like a half-breed. He Something happened in the war. He got like a hoof. He got something. <laughs> so that's like, all right, I, I see that coming. And then the unexpected part was when sister sent a letter to the neighbor. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. she that thirsty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then that was the other thing. I was like, I didn't expect her to do that. So that was unexpected. So I am curious about those two things. So okay. I am, you know, coming back for more. I just haven't because, you know, life and school and birthday and. Sure, sure. Everything. But you're enjoying, but yeah. But, but, I'm, but yeah, I'm still, I'm, I'm still here for it. So I'm, I'm definitely want to come back and see what's going on. Okay, so it, it, it it's, so it does have my interest. It's got your interest. Yeah. All right. So I'm, I'm willing to come further in. you what you got. You're right about, you know, it, it is a show that, and and they advertise that this is a show that you know, 
except for the pucks and the fairies flying around, it could be ripped from the headlines. You yeah, know, it's definitely yeah. a show about racism right. and classism for sure. Most definitely, and it doesn't. It, it does not sugarcoat it. It, nope. it hits you. It hits you like, like from, from the door. From the door. From the door, where you see like, all oh, these the Z word. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, like this drone is, is, is raw, um, and that can be a lot to take in because, especially in your fantasy, which always d- deals with like you know allegories all the time, but they tend to be a little bit more well crafted. Hidden subtext, Hidden. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, none they, of those. They ain't got time. No, <laughs> we ain't got time. We got eight this, episodes. This is what's going on. This is why it's happening. Oh, Mark, you said racism. These are the people right. involved. But no, like really, ready, like, break. In the first episode, they give you a recap of the war. So, like half of us or Bergens were supposed to be helping them, and then the pact was who they were fighting. And then Bergens was like, "All right, never mind. Just left the war effort, like Vietnam." We left the war and then just left the fairy homeland to the pact and was like, all right, deal with it. And then when people are trying to escape and then come here for refuse, like, you ain't welcoming. So it's like you created this mess that you don't want to deal with. Right. So, like, shut up. You know what I mean? But like they just and they give you that in like the first five minutes. All right. So it's like it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like fun. It is fun. It it, I don't know how fun it is, but it's it. It. It's fun if you. <sighs> it's entertaining. It, yeah, I would say if you if you're a person who is politically activist, social activist minded, right? Like me, who was constantly aware of these things, especially subtext and, uh, you know, context clues. Like it's definitely going to, you know, get you by the by the. By the balls, but you know what I mean. It's gonna get your interest. By your gonads. But it, I, I don't feel like it's for somebody like me, right? I feel like this is for somebody who happens to like Lord of the Rings or like fantasy or you know like Star Wars, who doesn't have to look at the world through the lens of someone who's been oppressed mm-hmm. in some way mm-hmm. to put this in terms that they can understand so that they can use that allegory and apply it to everyday life. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, like as, as much as, as much as black Panther was for us, black Panther was not for us. We know what we're capable of if left to our own devices and interrupted by colonialism and, and, you know, genocide and all that stuff. That was for folks who hadn't, who'd never stopped to think about how beautiful black people could be culturally scientifically economically you know what i mean and i feel like carnival row is not for people who know about social oppression and religious oppression and uh gender oppression and and all of that oh it's it's for people who thought those problems were already solved already and and didn't think you know i don't this doesn't happen in a fantasy world this could never happen in lord of the rings everybody gets along everybody's flight like you know what i mean so uh, the fact that there aren't enough black people in it i'll say that there are some um, across different social groups, right? And it's, it's comforting to know that, you know, the black and brown people aren't restricted to being in this refugee group. Right. Yeah, I did remember seeing some in, like, the Parliament House. Yeah. And spread yes. around. Yeah, there, there are people of color, you know, like, sprinkled around. And, and there's women in the Parliament House as right. well. So I was like, okay, cool, 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 cool. Is it enough? <laughs> I could see more black and brown people. But... Uh, 
I guess baby steps. One's one struggle at a time. I figure they're like, we're dealing with racism as it pertains to everybody, not just y'all. So I guess that's cool. Um, but you know, that's that's me splitting the representation here. If I if I had to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a couple twists, bull. Like, whew, I'm excited for y'all. I actually appreciate that there are more people of color in here, especially when you consider that Carnival Row, along with um, uh, Amazon, is going to be launching. I believe it's not set to launch to 2021. Uh, because they haven't started production yet, they're going to be doing like a Lord of the Rings series as well. Um, so when you figure that this is th- both of these shows are probably them taking their shot to try and fill the hole of Game of Thrones, you know, coming to an end. And I appreciate that it, as big as a thing a Game of Thrones was, and we celebrated it as as well, you know. It doesn't go without saying you want to talk about a lack of representation in a series. Game of Thrones was, you know, hugely guilty. white. Absolutely. Extremely white. 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 And very and very um, controversial about some of their portrayals of women in in their series. The show looked like unseasoned chicken breast. Throughout the run of their series. So considering that That Amazon... Is popping out, you know, Lord of the Rings, which, depending on how they cast that, may possibly be along those same lines. Then for them to have Carnival Row, which does ha- have people of color, you know, from all all shapes and sizes, peppered in in throughout this, I I kind of like appreciate that, you know, I, I'll 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 give them their their props for that and for making it such a part of the you know of the uh, uh of the story the, like this is this is the integral part of what's going on and you got to remember Carnival Row is an is not an adaptation this yeah. is an original uh, um adapted from a spec script by Travis Beecham that they then developed into this series so it's pretty cool um it definitely calls into question your own prejudices as yeah, well yeah. because there's so many different hues of humanity in these different layers of oppressor class classes um when they say stuff like them or us uh and it's coming from somebody who is of arabic descent it's like oh mm-hmm. you know what i mean like mm-hmm. if my knee-jerk reaction was be like well who was he talking about Oh, he's talking about humans. Oh, well, I can kind of wait. No, that's after. And it like really, it, it makes you think about all of those things that the, the lines in the sand that humanity tends to draw inherently. Um, I really, really, really love the fact that ninety percent of this cast is unknown or or lesser known. You know, it forced me to. And the cool thing about Amazon is X Ray. So if you don't yeah. know a person, you can check and see who this person is, what right. they've done before. And a good chunk of them have maybe done one, two other major projects mm-hmm. before this. So it's like that shows that they had enough confidence in the, the caliber of the show and the caliber of the writing and the production crew and everything that they didn't have to rely upon big names yeah. to get things done. You know what I mean? So I, I just really appreciated the fact that, that the uh, production company, the studio – the casting directors really dug 
for for new fresh talent there because it's it's working for them. Some people sometimes when you have big budget productions like that, whether they're on streaming platforms or or, or regular television or cable, you could be like, where did they find mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this one? And there's sometimes you're like, yo, what has this person done? Like, I need everything they've ever done. Like, where did you come from? Right. And this has a good blend of that, where even if you might not be compelled to find out where this person grew up and went to school, you're, you're definitely interested in, in finding more um, from the character, if nothing else. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot to, a lot behind the characters to, to check it out. Um, Carnival Row, eight episodes, season one, available on Amazon Prime. You know, hey, we're giving it a free plug because it's a good show. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's pretty good. That people are liking it. Well, I liked it. I'm liking what I'm seeing, and I'm going to be watching more. You know what I mean? Because he wants to see more Indira Varma. You cannot see enough Indira Varma. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just a thing. I have homework for the nation. Uh-oh. Um, and I, 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 I've, been, I've wondered and the about Indira Varma marathon? I think yes. I can put that together. Yes. If we. Oh, sorry. Um... And it's something I was thinking about when we, you know, when we brought up the, the the topic of the show. Are are how many of us in the nation? Uh, because I, and I've mentioned this before, I, I've never done it. Do you have to, like, when investigating something new? Does it like? Does it? Will it stop you from investigating that that thing, book, movie, whatever? If there aren't enough people of color in it yes. for, for your particular liking. Yes. Okay. For me, personally, 110%. Yes. I went 30 plus years with seeing a whole bunch of white folks in the media that I consume. I'm, I, I, need, I need more. I need hmm. an accurate representation of humanity. I don't know about y'all. I don't know about the nation. But me, personally, if, if I can... If I got to look, if I got to play count the brown people, I'm, I'm not happy. I, I play that game all the time. I play that game all the time. I don't know. It, uh, I, I can't honestly say that that would necessarily make a, di- a difference. But I do. Um, it depends on the property. Like, yeah, I guess I guess it really does depend on the property. I can't say I go into it with that necessarily in mind. Um, so that that's that's a fair question, but I, I can't say it, it makes that difference for me. And maybe it's because, I don't know, maybe I'm just... I just look for, for good stuff. You know what I mean? That's what, that's the, at the end of the day, that's the first thing that I'm looking for. Nope. No, it really doesn't make that much of a difference. Plus, a lot of stuff I like to watch is animated, too. So I'm not, you know, looking for myself in anime. You know what I mean? But, like, there's some good stuff to watch. Well, when you say, and just just to clarify, you said a lot of the stuff you watch is animated, but I'm not looking for myself in anime, which is kind of like technically, I'm sure Isaiah is sitting there chomping at the bit. Like, that's two different things. So I was referring to anime. Okay. All which right. is animated. Okay. All right. Just so everybody is crystal clear. But yes, I was referring to anime. You, you, I, I, Isaiah saying he was there, he wasn't. 
<laughs> See, I was going to let you live. It's all good. It's all good. I definitely in my head was like, anime or cartoon, bro? Which one? See? Told you. So where, where did, where did I you- I watch them all. How about that? I watch them both Very at nice. the same time. Okay. Where do you stand, Isaiah? I I stand mostly with that I need, in most shows nowadays, I need at least like two. At least two people of color. But I also need one, the show itself just has to be good in order for me to watch it. But the people of color that are represented in the show, I don't like to see them necessarily all in a subservient role mm-hmm. or if they're like all animalistic like mm-hmm. magical beings or something like that like if that's the only part that they get yeah I can't have that because I'm like so there's not any other black human or brown humans Asian other humans or there's not anyone who's of a higher class as of another culture or religion even I'm like alright so like I need some sort of you know inclusion diversity but uh I do understand that some periods are period pieces, so maybe I'm not going to see it. But also, I kind of stray away from most of those now, too, because I'm tired of seeing them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's where I stand with it. So, in terms of period pieces, and this is not to step on your opinion in any way, we existed back then. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I, I follow a, a woman who's a an art history professor. She's got a banging tumbler, and... Uh, she's got a slight presence on Twitter now. It's not what it used to be. But it's called Medieval POC. And her whole mission is finding medieval pieces of artwork that depict people of color, whether it's of African descent, Arabic, Hispanic, Asian, like Indian, everybody else in the spectrum. Um, and while a lot of those depictions are people in servitude, they are depictions of folks who are highborn, like nobles or kings and queens or and whatever the case may be, princes, princesses, all that stuff. And her largest argument is that just because, you know, Eurocentric notions suppressed a lot of the media that was created that represented us at that time, doesn't mean that we weren't still there, that our influences weren't still there and for me because i don't get a lot of blackness from hip-hop or rap or, or music and another media that a lot of other black people get like this is this is where i see myself and for me now that i know beyond a shadow of a doubt that our, our images that we were represented back then i have a higher standard for period pieces now so i might have a little bit of leeway for um you know present day stuff um, but in terms of science fiction and like fantasy period stuff, like don't miss me with it. Miss me with it because we were we were there. Like there, you're not gonna sit here and tell me that we didn't have a presence in Europe in the 1400s. Like how else did Europeans find out about soap? Like, oh, I love that show. You remember when Bert um, thought he was invincible? And um, then he was kidnapped by aliens. No, I, I don't know this one. <laughs> they doing the old head bob, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, Yo, that was you were talking about polarized. <laughs> <laughs> they they were in sync. It was beautiful. Yeah, that was black and white, 1950. Yo, I not black no, and white. Me and Isaiah. Well, I don't know. It was pre Google. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I don't know. Me and Isaiah looked Maybe at each I other. I realized, read a book. I realized that 
Lennon, Randy, Ronnie. Say, I looked at Eric like, okay, maybe he. Pooks he was don't like, have theme songs, he was so like, I don't know what you're nah. doing. Do 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 do. You can find out about the TV series Soap, which ran for four years. It was one of the back in the 70s, early 80s, dude. Oh my god. So before the rest of us were born, got it. Yeah, before everybody in this room. Yes, because we were there too. All right. That's yeah. where Benson came from. You oh. know Benson, don't you? Robert Guillaume. Yes. Look it up. Sure. It's in a book. You can also reading Google rainbow. it, too. You can go there and Google, too. Wait, wait. I don't go, go to your reading like rainbow. Read a book. Read a book. Read a book. Learn. Then turned into somebody's sassy auntie. Y'all didn't see it, except oh. if you were watching YouTube. He said, look it up. It's on. A, I'm tired of y'all Negroes in my house, eating up my food, drinking up my nothing. juice, breathing my air, not knowing about Benson. Y'all get on my damn nerve. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something, kid. <laughs> Have a seat. Tell you when television was television. You're like, oh, God. Oh, here we go. <laughs> now grab those pliers and turn the channel. <laughs> yup. <laughs> Stand there till the signal clears up. Lift the antenna up a little bit. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's... it's this has been fun. Um, this has been fun. I, I, we're going to go out, ladies and gentlemen. If you've been enjoying the Black Tribbles, we want to let you know about where you can, the next time you can catch us live. And uh, we're going to be at the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center on October 12th and the 13th for Comic-Con for Kids. 200,000 square feet. Immersive one of a kind pop culture gaming tech event for the entire family. That's right, the entire family at the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center in Oaks, PA. Comic Con for kids. You can go there, you can check out um, tons of your favorite Marvel and DC and pop culture um, characters will be in the building. There's going to be celebrity vehicles. They're going to have the Ghostbusters car there. Optimus Prime is going to be in the building. They're going to have cosplay contests, hand-on exhibits. Um, Franklin Institute's going to be there. Simone Shiro's will be there as well. Simone Shiro's Comic Book Club, which uh, rocks out of Amalgam Comics and Coffee House. And that is where you will find the Bat Tribble as well as the Intern Tribble is going to be there in effect. And he's going to be showing people how you can uh, doing crazy funny things with action figures. He's look his hat his hands are in his his head is in his hands because he can't believe that I described it that way. But it's going to be so much fun. He's praying. He's like, oh Lord, please. He's gonna do the thing with those things he likes. He's like the disrespect. He's going to be playing with his fingers. Yeah, <laughs> playing with his dolls. Playing with his dolls. He's got his doll collection. He's gonna play with it in front the of the intern kid. Triple is breaking out all his toys, and he's gonna be at Comic Con for kids. On October 12th and the 13th. Oh, my God. I'm for Clint. <laughs> um, so, yeah, come out. Tickets are available uh, right now. Go to ComicConForKids.com for more information and check out the Tribbles there. This show will be available for your download, streaming pleasure. Come the morning on BlackTribbles.com as well as every place and any place that 
podcasts be, including iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher Radio. Stitcher Radio. Don't forget to uh, like and follow us on all your social medias at Black Tribbles. And if you want to help us show, go to the podcast catcher of your choice, especially if it's Apple Podcasts, and give us a ranking and a rating because that really helps people find our little show. All right. For the Intern Tribble, Super Saiyan Tribble, Master Tribble, Super Tribble, Ice Grill Tribble, Storm Tribble, for the Uncanny Tribble, this is the Bat Tribble imparting, we say. Wrap it with tinfoil. Ha, 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 ha.